Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and there's an ocean of beer at the end of our lane. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we're reading The Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman. And I'm starting with a beer. So if you're in an ocean, you're, especially if you're in the middle of it, you're probably far from land. <laughs> <laughs> this beer is called I'd say that's true <laughs> This beer is called Far From Land <laughs> It's a triple IPA From Finback That is made with hops I don't even know what it doesn't even say oh, hops, But yeah. it's got a lot, many hops uh, oh, Citra, of course Simcoe, Mosaic, and Idaho 7 The new class <laughs> Which is your typical New England A veritable uh, IPA hops who? Yeah, it's a great triple IPA. I bought a keg of it. And he was like, I I'd emailed our friend Eric and uh, I said, is anything coming out? He said, well, there's a triple IPA. He said, I did think of you. There's a triple IPA we're doing. I was like, can I get uh, a keg of that? And he said, of course. Can I get, can I get like the seven, the almost eight gallon keg size? And he's like, I guess, yeah, it's a pain in the ass for me to price that out. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I have needs. <laughs> I did not ask for your lip. All right. <laughs> Uh, so the ocean at the end of the lane. This was our Patreon poll winner for the month. Um, I'm just gonna start drinking was, too. Yeah, just yeah. Neil Gaiman books, and the patrons voted for this. It is a novel from 2013, and it starts the main character who doesn't have a name because it's the guy from Fight Club, uh, and he <laughs> when he's a kid is <laughs> yeah as a child <laughs> trying to remember a things. British child, <laughs> and it's, well, it, it didn't say he wasn't British in Fight Club. That's true. I am Jack's ocean. <laughs> so I am the ocean at the end of Jack's lane. I am Jack's spotted go. dick. <laughs> Which they eat in this. They did, yes. He has a nice big mouthful of spotted dick. This is Dalmatians. Is it just Dalmatian fillets? <laughs> yeah. a spotted dick? No, no, he's, he people is a Dalmatian in this book. It's not a kid's book. It's... <laughs> could, it is could, kind of not a kid's book. I would say that's it's true. It's not a kid's book. It wasn't like marketed as a kid's book but it kind of is well so it starts off with an adult and he's like i'm wandering around where i used to live i remember and then he's like remembering and more and it's about. just after he's left a funeral yes and he's just like i have an hour to kill so i'm gonna go just drive around and he finds himself without thinking driving back to this place where he and his family used to live when he was a young when he was like seven uh so it's all it's all this farmland and he's remembering this old house and he remembers it was also because like no okay so he just stops in past the place where his old family's old house used to be and he just keeps driving down to the end of the lane and there's a farmhouse and he stops in and there's a middle-aged woman there and he's like oh hello hi you might know me my name is blank no he actually doesn't say his name <laughs> she just says oh i remember you how are you doing and he says oh you must be the old lady that used to live here and they says no no wait that must have been your mother because that was you know decades ago and then she's talking to him and he's kind of remembering some odd things and then he says could i go could i go see your duck pond I, there used to be a duck pond out back, and, and she's like, oh, yes, sure, of course, go right ahead. And so then he walks out to the duck pond, and then... Pisses in it. It was <laughs> really rude. She's like, you were a guest. Oh, a different book. Uh, what so, book is that? 
And so basically he just goes down. So basically he just goes down to the duck pond, you know, for funsies. <laughs> Could have used this multiple places, but uh, this is for funsies by Grimm. And this is a double IPA. That it's like is we don't even try anymore. <laughs> and, and it's nice. Yeah, definitely. It's great. Tastes like beer. No, uh, it's a it's a nice IPA. Not too bitter. A little bit though. It it tastes like tastes like a good IPA. Solid or liquid, I guess. You know, solid. Yeah, mm-hmm. solid IPA. So at this point, the book that was sort of like the prologue, and then it goes into chapter one, back to when the main the unnamed main character the nameless main character is six or seven and he's remembering his family moving out to this farmhouse in the country because his family didn't have a ton of money or they were on kind of hard times and that at first he loved it and he loved his room in his farmhouse but then something terrible happens which is the family they have to start renting the room to gain to make a little bit more money and so he has to he has to stay with his sister. This is in like his the sixties or something. I mean, it's Neil Gaiman's childhood, sort of, like a warped. I would hope, of his, sort of. But I mean, I don't know. The guy's <laughs> fucking weird. It could be real. Uh, <laughs> I hope could, it's you know, not real. You never know. This, this kind of thing happens to people. Just <laughs> consuming mass quantities of peyote with his <laughs> hippie parents in nineteen sixties England. Now, but he lived in a, a villagey part of England. He's. And he was born in 1960, so he's from Portchester, Hampshire. Don't get excited, Nate. It's the old one. Wait, Hampshire he's is from old Hampshire, or is it? Is the city called Portchester, Hampshire? Because it's British, and it might be something that. Oh, uh, it's Portchester, Pond, Hampshire. No, it's Portchester, <laughs> which is like a village. Okay. And I don't know what they fucking call a province or a, a hamlet. You know, sure. Or some a sort kingdom? of other porklet, maybe a kingdom. So it's it's it is based like very very. Like he says in the end in the in the thank you part, it's sort of based on his childhood, or at least like inspired by a couple like little fleeting images of his childhood. He pissed in a so duck lake once. He pissed in that, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was one. I mean, it was many times, but it felt like once because he was so fucking high most of it. <laughs> As a seven year old, yeah, <laughs> long piss. The guy's strange. I don't... I, he is. You're not going to tell me that Neil Gaiman's straight edge. No, he's not. So, so he... So, uh, <laughs> so um, he, his family tells him he has to the, that they have to rent out his room, and he's really all sad about it. And so the first person... The first person that stays is the opal miner. Is he the first one? I feel like he's, there was yes, another... Yes, he's, the, one he's the first one that matters. Because he's, so he's the one, one of the early ones. So he's the first cat. one that matters, and he's a sort of like, you know, gruff Australian dude. But the first thing he does is he runs over his kitten, the main character, the unnamed main character. He runs over his kitten. His cab driver does, so. It's yeah, the cab driver does fault. on the way. It's true. But then, <laughs> and so the opal miner, he feels, he feels bad. So the opal miner, like. That's because he couldn't just say a dingo ate it. <laughs> he's they South African. In Australia. Oh, was he South, South African? African? I thought he was Australian. Right. Well, the Opals it are was at. South African. Oh, he so he's oh, I ran over that cat because it was black. <laughs> yeah, that is probably what he <laughs> which did. It, it which was a black it cat. was. It was yeah. a black cat. He's like it had. It shouldn't have been in this neighborhood. <laughs> and so then he replaces it with a ginger cat. He's like, no, no, no let's whiten this up <laughs> a little bit. 
And he gives him a ginger cat. You literally like kidnap some neighborhood cat into hands it hands it to him in a box. Hands the seven year old here, but a I got you a new cat, cat <laughs> which doesn't <laughs> like anyone. And, and I like the guys like pleased with himself. He's like I pay my debts, and you could hear him like brushing his hands, <laughs> like another job well done. <laughs> well, that was also foreshadowing when he says I pay my debts, right? But you don't know that yet. Yes, you just then, think it's a fucking shitty cat deal. <laughs> And the the main character, who's still a kid, is it's all too much sad. of a pussy to tell his parents. <laughs> pussy? No cat puns? Never mind. No, yeah, that makes sense. I've never heard such things out of your mouth, Michael. Okay, right, I'm getting whiskered <laughs> away here. Let's pause those. Cat. So basically, then more or less, the next thing that happens because it's not a long book is that uh, it's a Saturday morning, and the kid he gets up. And he asks his father, his father's making breakfast and burning the toast like usual. And he asks his father, where's my comic? You always bring me a comic on Friday night that I read on Saturday mornings. And the father goes, it's in the back of the car. The kid looks outside and says, there's no car outside, dad. It's gone. And the, and the father is like, what? What are you talking about? And then immediately the phone rings and it's the police who say, hey, we found your car. No, like, no, wow, no, that was amazing. What? No, they they say somebody saw your car. Oh, somebody yeah, saw your car. They go find the car because it's a little town. It's like they live on this one dirt road, basically, and everybody's a nosy asshole. But they won't tell the guy, like, "Hey, I, I saw that guy's car parked in the ditch." They're like, "I'm just gonna call the police. <laughs> I'm just gonna snitch on him." But those so then they go find the car, and the kid opens the door looking for his comic book, but there's no book in the back seat. But there's something else in the car. The book is actually still there. The book is actually there. It's just, it's just tucked underneath fucking dead guy. Yeah. So it's hard to read that. The Oval Miner killed himself in the car. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, I thought Jimmy, I was waiting no. for Jimmy to introduce I thought there was going to be a right dead miner in a hatchback <laughs> ale that Jimmy was going to pull out. <laughs> Choke me till I love it from off color. No, I'm just <laughs> Should have said so, that would be a good 50 shades of gray book here. <laughs> so, uh... What, so there's a body in the back of the car. It's the it's the opal miner, and he's dressed like in a suit and his tuxedo, tuxedo, right? And his hands are all blue, and you don't know what happens. But now there's whole like police have to come and all this crazy stuff, and so and then the neighbor at the farmhouse the, at the, the toast end of the is lane, really burnt at this point. <laughs> yes, toast is very burnt. Toast is and what. It's, it's toast. It's, it's completely... Wouldn't, they wouldn't like it in South Africa. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, the, and then the neighbor, the, the neighbor girl, who's, you know, the older lady, because she's 11, says, oh, he, you know, your son, he can come stay with us while you take care of this police business. And so they, and he, he's like, uh, okay, great. So they go down and they just stay. And then the mom or the grandma, I forget who it is, Basically knows what's knows why the guy killed himself. She immediately just breaks in with something like, "Oh, he was really sad because he owed his friends a lot of money." She and says th- they haven't found the note yet. Is what she says, and he took so much time to write it. <laughs> and, and then so she of says, course, "Why?" The first time it, you, the first time I read this, I was like, "Did she kill him?" Oh my god, is it Hannibal Lecter? Um, it's not that kind of book though. Instead, it's magic. Yeah. And so she just kind of like knows stuff. 
like that's out there in the world. Like he took so long to write the note. Too bad for him. So you find out that he, he had borrowed all this money from his friends and then gambled it all away, thinking he would just, oh, I just need to gamble a little more just to make back my losses and then to make back my losses to my friends. Just to, And then he lost it all. And so then he uh, borrowed the car in the middle of the night, drove it to the end of the lane and drove it out into a field and then put a hose in the tailpipe and laid down in the back seat. And that's what so happened. So I guess he doesn't pay his debts. <laughs> exactly. That was pays his debts. Ooh. <laughs> House always wins, putty. <laughs> Gambler's fallacy. And then he's like, hey, that nice girl, Letty, her name is Letty. Letty She's a cool Hemstock. chick. And we can like hang out because we're children in the 60s and we'll just run around our dirt lane with the other children vaguely of our age. Because that's what people do. Did. We probably don't do as much anymore. I don't think so. Um, so he's realizing there's weird stuff about the family, though. So they're, you know, they're they're saying strange things and acting weird. And then uh, she's like, hey, come on, let's go to this. Uh, let's go check this thing out. And so they're walking around. And suddenly they're in another dimension, as you do. We we missed one thing, which the is. Money. The money. Well, find. which when, when uh, the, the boy, he goes home. And then he goes to bed, oh, and, then, yeah. and then there's like, a, literally in the middle of the night, he feels like he's choking, and there's actually a coin in his throat, like a pence Six coin. Pence. Six pence? There's a coin on the richer. He was six throat. pence on the richer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he like coughs it out, and then he's like, what? And he's like, but also like in his dream, there's like, he's, there's also something to throw in his dream anyway. So then he wakes up, and he's like, coughs it out, it's like. How the fuck did that get there? There she goes. It's the middle there of the night. There she goes again. They're like beneath the milky twilight. He's too young to ask her to kiss him. <laughs> but instead they listen to the rest of the Dawson's Creek soundtrack. Because <laughs> 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 those are the only two six. I'm realizing I don't really know any songs. of the words. <laughs> See, I all... thought that was the soundtrack to um, that Romeo, Romeo plus Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio. It probably was in that too. In like 1996. Well, that was Baz Luhrmann, so isn't it like all music? No, but this was the time when they would just like make a sound. They would just get artists to just make a soundtrack album and just put mm. it out, even yeah. if it wasn't in the movie. Yeah, though it I could believe be. the Radiohead song was actually in the movie. Oh, well, Sometimes okay. I think all those all those music you might it'd be like music inspired by the film yeah. kind of albums that came out. But oftentimes, you, when you bought a soundtrack to a movie. Like, there'd be, like, 40 songs in the movie, and the soundtrack has 11, because they could only, like, get the deal to put those ones in. And sometimes it'd be a song that you only heard, like, in a guy's car driving by in a scene. You know, like, you just hear, like, a snippet of it. That goes on the album. Fuck it. Not like that opening credits song. <laughs> we couldn't get the... We couldn't hammer out a deal with that. No. She leads him out onto a moonlit floor. This uh, <laughs> is open hand. <laughs> Strikes up the band and uh, made the something, Make the something silver moon sparkling. Like silver <laughs> moon, yeah. Silver moon sparkling. Yeah, yeah that right. sounds about right. That's I think that's something with those words. There's a lot of words in there. I'm realizing it's hard. I don't know. <laughs> um, I then, really uh, can't think of anymore. <laughs> then they go into another dimension. So then the boy goes to the next day, goes to Letty Hemstock and says, Hey, uh, what what the hell is going on? Like, oh, and also his sister says that he was throwing coins at her and he's like, no, I wasn't definitely not. And so something weird is going on. They're just like coins appearing anywhere, everywhere. And so he goes down, 
to the he finds the stocks. jar he finds the, the jar of old coins but he's like they're not old coins they're new they're just supposed well, to look old says, yeah and then like also he coins. shits out a bunch of quarters <laughs> <laughs> he he has he thinks he has kidney stones at one point but it's just a it's like a fucking really Ooh, painful that'd be penny a nightmare <laughs> It's terrible. It's like a CD ejector. Yeah, and then the rest, the rest of the book, it's just it's like an elephant trunk dong, but it just has the continents of a of a of a ill hippopotamus. Just like shit pours out of it all the that's, time. He's been totally devastated. That's a new sentence. <laughs> Never been. You heard it here first. Thank God. Things were going so well up until now. <laughs> I think. I think Neil Gaiman. I think he implied it. Yeah, I it think was implied. It was. The coin in his neck wasn't the only coin. Came out of his butt neck too. Anyway, <laughs> they're in another dimension suddenly, which is pretty much like ours, except it's the sky is a little orange and there's some weird grass, and uh, there's a giant hell beast made out of laundry. Yeah, <laughs> it's made out of old sheets. <laughs> it's like an unraveled mummy flying around. It's like one of the monsters from Courage the Cowardly Dog. Well, the hell beast thing, it turns out, has been the one throwing coins at people and it's because it it's, it was kind of confusing it's like it, it that's what people want but you realize it's because it wants to like l- somehow it wants to get lure its somehow way get into, into our world yeah it needs it needs a way in and it does that by by bribing people one nickel at a time he doesn't know the exchange uh, rate it's well it's a very ancient beast so like it doesn't really it doesn't really grasp inflation you know how much is this worth <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> I have to give I used you to be people. All you made in a week. <laughs> Don't spend that all in one place. <laughs> but then six uh, pence piece. It's a monster from the so, Great Depression. <laughs> <laughs> so Letty's there, like monster. You fucking stop being a dick. I'm gonna do some magic voodoo on you that you can't come back. And she's like, and, and you, uh, main character. It's very inconvenient when the character doesn't have a fucking call name. A kid. So annoying she, for us. Little Neil. <laughs> And just shut, just hold my hand and do what I say. And then he lets go of her hand, of course, at one point. And then the monster thing um, kind of... Uh, Impregnates his like, foot. Yeah, it fucks his foot. and um, With its inner dimensional demon penis. Yeah, it has... A, it, 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 just for a second. Demon foot, demon foot job. <laughs> yes. Which I, I am certain is... It's a psycho band. It's... it's <laughs> Hank Williams the third's band. <laughs> so they uh, puts a, a wormhole thing in his foot. Literally. So could, in both ways, literally. Yeah, a, a worm goes into his foot. And he pulls the worm out. And cleverly, like, the worm won't come out. But he, like, puts scalding hot water on it and then throws it on the drain. But he's got, like, Johnny Appleseed feet so it doesn't hurt his foot. <laughs> <laughs> and so then he'd, uh, he gets it out. And he's like, all right, cool. I won't tell anybody about that. We no one needs to know. It's just like when you get ringworm, you know? Yeah. I mean, I remember the first time I had foot ringworm. <laughs> it was awkward having to tell people. Then you have to call up all your previous partners <laughs> and tell them that they have to get tested for it. <laughs> but um, it turns out, oh, we don't really know this right away, but I want to have this beer and I want to make Nate say those names. <laughs> but it turns out that that, um, that worm hole in his foot is a, is the portal that the monster creature who we find out its name later and I forgot what it Scarthatch. is. Scarthatch. Scart hatch. Yes. Uh, Ursula Monkton. Well, Ursula Monkton uh, or the it's monster like, is Scarthatch. 
It's Scarsdale the Horrible or something like yes. that. It's, 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 and, and, Scarsgatch um, of the Keep. Of the Keep. And that is the portal it needs, which... When you say that that you know to be able to go from one dimension to another, that's a bit of a hyper beam. Sounds like a right. That's, sure. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? I mean, it, it it travels through fucking interdimensional space and shit. That's pretty hyper. I'd say. I mean, it was it was pretty hyped to like finally I got it. it just <laughs> took a whole lot of nickels. So this is hyper beam from Six Point, and it is an eight percent alcohol double IPA with guava puree. And passion fruit natural flavor. Is it different when they put guava versus guava puree? Um, no, it's just the it's just what form of the guava it they means threw in they there. They didn't have to peel it first. Someone had to chew a lot of it, though. Well, I think a lot of times when they add fruit to beers, they they use desiccated fruit. Oh, or, oh, desiccated, yeah, yeah. Like I know at Finback when they do coconut stuff, they because we've been there and we've seen the fifty five pound bags that look like cement bags, but it's just desiccated coconut. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, or they use canned stuff or, you know, so puree, you know, you, you're going to have the most, I guess, surface area with the liquid when you dump that in and get the most flavor out of it. That makes Plus sense. just like the juice of that thing is going to be totally liberated to just <laughs> leach into your beer. It set the juice liberated free. Juice. <laughs> liberated juice was uh, is OJ's memoir after prison. <laughs> So this is fine. It's a double IPA. The guava and passion fruit flavors are there, I suppose, but not particularly profound. And this is just canned, so it's it's fine. Six Point has a much broader distribution. Yeah, they're you everywhere. Know. I haven't seen those tiny cans in a while since I haven't been like in a bar as much. Well, yeah, you have to, you know, but oftentimes if a brewery has a bigger reach, the is something that happens to the quality of the beer. <laughs> it's not quite. You know, it's a wide, widespread mm-hmm. appeal. Not as niche, yeah. you know. There's yeah, a different outlook on things. They, they have a whole different risk level when they make a beer. If it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't sell and you made 40 cases of it at your local brew pub, it's a very different investment than if you had, you know, 400 cases of it shipped all around to a bunch of states. Probably fine. thousands of cases. Oh, yeah. I'm just, <laughs> for like symmetrical purposes, I picked that number. But we should say that this beer... It's brought to us by our supporters over at Patreon. If you want to, head, if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash Drunk Guys Book Club, where in exchange for money, real money, not ghost money from another dimension. Oh, the worst. Though PayPal, you, maybe you could fool PayPal. Uh, you can uh, get early access to our episodes, vote in our monthly book poll, which selected this book, get exclusive content, tangible goods, and even get, uh, join us for our quarterly live episodes and Get shouted out, most importantly, for today. And it is my turn. So, Nate, thank those fine people. Uh, okay. <laughs> I would like to thank... <laughs> okay, I'd like to thank... I'll, I'll get to that one. I'd like to thank Dan, Ozzy, Jeff, and then... Oh, my God, I have no idea what to say. Act Actentetig... Grillerige Gaga Tees. Oh, is that the fucking South African one? Yeah. Another South African oh, God, That's the one in Afrikaans. <laughs> I, is there an explanation? Tell, no, I didn't get an explanation this time. What the I'm fuck? I'm sure that no means. one can well, look that up based on we'll, that pronunciation. We'll just, ass, we'll just assume I nailed it. <laughs> uh, Tracy, Anita not fucking procrastinate and forget to change my name this month. <laughs> Jennifer, <laughs> I'm Nate. 
<laughs> this is I'm just reading it. <laughs> I'm Nate, and the weirdest boner I ever got was when we had to put down the family dog. It was the hardest moment of my life. <laughs> I can't believe you confessed something like that in the middle of a patron's thing, Nate. Uh, A reappearance of Anita Tolick, Barry, Julian, Olive Hewer Cox, Robert Langdon's massive cock named Mickey, PhD. It's a pretty huge dick. I believe it. Plus, John and Nate plus eight inches. Okay, uh, Russell, Tyler, Grace, Catherine, Colton, Mike Hawk is really thick. <laughs> well, John's going to be happy. <laughs> Steven. That must have been really Nick, impressive for your dog. <laughs> Colonel Angus. Oh, Colonel Angus. Colonel Angus, oh, that's when you, you know, respect a lady. There you go. Uh, don't be such a crybaby. Joe, Crab, Michael, Daniel, Existentialist Watermelon. Is that a new one? Oh, God. That, yeah, I think that, someone's challenging the emotional support burrito for strangers. <laughs> like wow. a, Good like for a you. fucking philosophical foods thunderdome. <laughs> Hayden, please rate my feet pics more than a one. <laughs> emotional support burrito and CL. We got there. It Wait, takes is, him a while with all those inches. <laughs> uh thanks guys <laughs> thanks a lot <laughs> and if you become a patron you could vote in next month's and change your name to we'll say anything like sh- i think it's is it my turn next month it's my it's turn. Your turn next month so for november uh will be a poll up and uh not as big as nate's uh, around that dog though no <laughs> no it's not it's not gonna be plus eight inches but <laughs> You could uh, come around and vote. I'll have to say the names next month. Good times for everyone. So the wormhole in the foot leads to another dimension. That's a sentence that actually applies to this book. And and it arrives um, in it, the it, form of a, of a new housemate. Yeah, the nanny slash dad's mistress, <laughs> Ursula Monkton, who is a really hot woman who has very good uh, recommend- you know, letters of reference, who is going to look after the, the kids. And the sister, and everybody loves her except for the the main character because he realizes she's a fucking evil demon bitch, laundry and she's mean. monster. Yeah, <laughs> smells like old gym clothes. <laughs> but the main character, the seven year old, he's the only one that knows she's evil, and he tries to get his parents to be like, "No, make her go away. I don't like her." And then. Finally, he, you know, he's a set, he's seven. So like, what is he going to do about it? The only thing he can do is when she, you know, cause she's the housekeeper slash housekeeper person. So she makes dinner and, and he says, no, I'm, I'm not going to eat it. I don't want any of this. And the father is like, so mad that he tries to drown him. I think we find out later it's because the demon lady's making him do that, but yes. you don't know that now. And it's only because the kid like pulls himself up from the dad's tie as he's being drowned that he is able to not, you know, die there in the tub. So then he So then he sneaks out of the house at night. Yeah, he sneaks out of the window. It's, it's, it's all like one night, right? The whole It's two well, it, a couple it's of two days. Most, most of this part, yeah. But he sneaks out, and he has to get back to uh, to Hetty's place 
because um, no, Letty. Letty. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, I said the Hetty's not a name. That's, a, that's Headley. <laughs> it's Headley. <laughs> <laughs> Such tiny feet. Um, <laughs> so he sneaks out, but he has to get there. For the record, I have seen that movie. Oh, thank God. Uh, uh, yeah, because it's fucking 50 years old. <laughs> <laughs> if you think you know more. what movie that is, it's yeah. from 1970. Is that from the 60s? Oh, yeah. No, it's from the early 70s. 70s. Okay. But if you think you know what movie we're referencing, send us an email at drunkguysbook.com. <laughs> so, but getting away is hard because Ursula has interdimensional uh, space powers and she can sense things and just knows what's going on. So he's sneaking out, but he's. She's, I guess the impression that like she was psychic and she could read his thoughts, so she could think like he she knew what he was doing based on his thoughts. So he was thinking, "I am so tired. I am going to sleep. I am going." Yeah, and but while he's saying, "I am in bed now," in his head, he's climbing down the drain pipe and watching his dad uh, give it to Stubber. her in the butt. Um, well, it could have just been you know yeah, traditional, but you never know. Style. She is an interdimensional demon, and presumably she's not. She's not been banged in a while. She might be like, let's just let's just try it out, you know? Let's see what this is about yeah. now that I'm living in these dimensions and taking on in, a corporeal form. Yeah. <laughs> so he sneaks out, and he's, uh, he's like, ah, oh, she's being kept busy by Dad Dick. Uh, and so he gets away, and he's running to the farm, to, to Letty's place. And he accidentally ends up in another dimension again, because it's right in the way, as dimensions often are. Well, now that he's like gotten the little little taste of it in his foot, uh, he just is f- stumbles into it sometimes. Yeah, you know what happens. And there's like lightning, and then the the Ursula, the demon, like is like, I see that you're trying to escape. I caught you, but then Letty shows up and says, "You're on our land. You can't do that. This is our land. You have to leave." And so she does, and so. The, the boy, the main character, he does escape to the neighboring farm with the hemp stalks. And then you find out more about them. And then, it, but they're also like, it's like they're timeless. It's like they're eternal. And, you know, and they, they had mentioned earlier, oh, and this family's been, our, been in our, this land has been in our family for generations. That we're in the Doomsday Book, which he says was during the time of, you know, William the Conqueror. But then they keep making references to, oh, and that other thing that happened back in back during Cromwell. And so you kind of get the picture that they're always they don't age. They're just always the, the three women who are there, the grand the grandmother, the mother, and then Letty, the eleven year old girl, that they actually she's only eleven, but she's been eleven for a very long time. That's and what that's he asks the way they her are. at one yeah. point. He says, how old are you? She's 11. Are you really 11? Yes. How long? And then the clever thing, how long? The Doomsday Book is from William the Conqueror, though. That's from like the okay. 10, 1080s. It's like a giant land survey of England and just a record of every landowning country. It's a uh, land survey book called the Doomsday Book? I'm not sure what the name That's a kind of a misleading title. It's like a, it was like a taxation thing, like who, you know, keeping track of everybody's property. And I'm sure there's like a Latin explanation for what that name means, but I just don't have pretty much like know what it is. opening up your like washing machine and looking at the manual, it's called How to Win at Fuck Mountain. It's like, what does this have to do with anything? You're just like, 
The Doomsday Book. All right, that's all right. That would know. be a cool ass washing machine. <laughs> yeah, it does not clean your clothes though. They're it's very covered sticky afterwards. Yeah, yeah it's really not good. It's spelled like Domesday, so I think it's just probably some bastardization of a Latin phrase. But that's the thing. Like, if you are, you know, if you are a British f- a family of note, you could often. I mean, not. I don't know how often anymore, but many people. That's like a a genealogical uh, win if you could trace yourself to some asshole who owned land in 1085 or whenever that book was written. Well, because that was so long ago, probably almost every single person of British or English descent can probably claim, you know, can probably trace their ancestry back to someone in that book. True. We'd have to, like, actually know how to, I mean, I don't know. Genealogy is rough. It's it's hard to actually find people. It would be difficult to find all the right records, but I'm just saying that... Over that yeah. many generations, like they had enough descendants that probably everybody's related to them. Well, these would these bitches are, uh, or witches, uh, but they but they're, they're much much older than that. They're eternal, and like, and it'll come out throughout the course of the book that they've been there since you know the creation of the universe. And for some reason, they chose to hang out in this dusty, you know, farm in England. Like that's what they do with their eternal powers well you know maybe they're just having a pit stop because any length of time there is not very long to them true and ursula is also ancient because she makes some threats you know, like i was there when your planet was rock and shit like that <laughs> and um but then letty makes so they have like a plan they go well they pull the whole out of his foot first oh yeah and they put the hole in a jar and they're like you gotta just send her home back to her dimension Here's her hole. You know, she was going to use it to get into the our dad walls. left a little bit on it. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the hole is a little stickier now. But she, they're going to send her back to her dimension. And she's going to be like, I don't want to go. But you got to send her back. Because otherwise, she's going to, you know, ruin things. Because she she's just wants to get flood the market coins. with her cheap coins. Yeah, she's an she's a inflation demon. Oh, the worst. <laughs> Take that fiat currency, you know. She's, like, <laughs> <laughs> she's a crypto yeah. demon, the worst kind. They won't shut the fuck <laughs> up about it. <laughs> She'll make everyone kill themselves rather than have to hear about Bitcoin again. So, so that's is this the real identity of that Satoshi guy or whatever the fuck his name yes. is? Yes, Satoshi In, Nakamura. Yeah, that who fuck. is a fake name? Well, the yeah. person or group of people that invented Bitcoin. Yes, the real name was yes. Scar Thatch of the Keep. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Crack that case. This was its first attempt to undermine the, you know, it didn't the work. monetary system. And he got taken down by uh, some kids in a field, and he came back and as Bitcoin. And a bunch of, like, baby doll parts. Like, that was how Letty traps the demon. They have to, like, create basically a, uh, a, a bottleneck trap to chase it back into its dimension. And she marks the property with some incantations and random junk like here's a piece of an old ship in a bottle and a <laughs> and the head of a doll and just like puts that down and then here's a rusty pliers and a douche and like puts that somewhere and then the, here's a, a you know the the paw of a bear and a, a leather bound yeah, copy of the Count of Monte Cristo <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and an actual Monte Cristo sandwich inside <laughs> the book. As a, that's the best. That's the only bookmark you can Very use. Very flat bread. 
<laughs> the Count of Monte Cristo bound <laughs> in Monte Cristo. Oh my! Oh. Holy shit! That sounds the pages that sounds must caloric. be translucent with grease. <laughs> They're edible at this point. This looks like wax paper. <laughs> <laughs> so then they trap the thing and they chase it out, and you know there's like a little standoff, but then it runs away. Oh, because they're like, if you don't go, I'm gonna get the hungry birds to eat you. She's <laughs> like, not them. You wouldn't dare. She's like, I fucking get those hungry birds. And then she summons the hunger birds. The hunger birds come because the hunger birds. They're hungry like the wolf. <laughs> Dark in the forest. It's about <laughs> close to nine. They'll be on the pawn you like the beer that I'm drinking. Because the beer, the birds are all about <laughs> restorative balance. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, yes. The birds eat things where they're when they're places they're not supposed to be. But this beer is supposed to be inside me. Um, this is from Deciduous Brewing Company. It's working it's on collaboration it. Collaboration with Equilibrium. This is really really tiny on the bottom, so you really got to look. And it is at eight and a half percent double IPA, and it is a double IPA. It is surprisingly bitter. It's like got the upfront part of a modern New England hazy IPA. But also the finish of an old one. So I guess that's the that's balance. The, oh. That's the restorative balance. Yeah, that okay, makes sense. I just got it. Yeah. It's not Ear very restore. It's not really restoring. But that's fine. So it's with me. a res- restoration hardware. Yeah. Uh, the beer. It's $800. Um, <laughs> but uh, the birds eat the thing. They're, 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 what they do is they, they travel interdimensionally and they're like scavengers and they get the stuff that's not supposed to be places and they they eat it because they're hungry i guess there's not enough stuff that's not in the right place and so then they eat the monster that was called ursula monkton but is actually scar thatch of the scarsdale the pirate or whatever it is (laughs) (laughs) so they eat it but then they won't go away then they're like hey we kind of like it here dessert like this is okay we're going to stay. And Letty tries to tell them to go away. Like, go away. You're varmints. You're nothing. And and then they're like, no, no, we like it here. And they want to eat the whatever boy. we want. And then, yeah, they say that they want to eat the boy. And Letty's like, no, he's my, he's, he's my, my protection. <laughs> well, <it's because> he <laughs> he's <has> mine. Because <laughs> he's got a little bit of the demon still in him. They couldn't get all of it out. There's a little piece left in his heart. And they're like, we just got to eat the heart. The rest of him, you could do what you want with. We don't even care. You can, you can keep that part. Yeah, that part's not good. the heart. But Letty is protecting him, so they don't eat him. Instead, they just start eating the world. They eat the stars in the sky, and they eat. They just start like eating reality. They just start eating space time. You know, they they just start consuming everything. And the boy who's seven. It decides like I can't let them destroy everything just for me, and so he literally runs out to the hunger birds to basically, um, you know, sacrifice himself so that all of reality, all of reality, isn't consumed by the hunger birds. And then they start eating him. We skipped one part where they come to him, but she, the ghosts, the uh, the the birds, are kind of eat him. But then she puts, she him, in puts him in the fairy circle. 
And oh, so yeah, yeah, she's yeah. like, I'll be right back. You just stay here in this fucking circle. And all these ghosts start coming to him, like like fake versions of his dad and his sister and Ursula Moncton saying the, like... The opal miner. And the opal miner. Yeah, I was like, come out to the circle. And it's, it's pretty cool over here. And he's like, no, I don't trust you. And then Letty comes back and she brings a bucket of water from the duck pond and says, get in the bucket. Oh, yeah. And she gets into the bucket and it's like, it's another wormhole to the tunnel, to the pond. And they end up in the pond. It's a bucket of ocean. It's a bucket of ocean. she couldn't bring the yeah. whole ocean to him. She couldn't bring, so the, she could bring him to the ocean. So she brought the ocean to him. It's, uh, it's like a romance novel line, but like a Nicholas Sparks thing. Like <laughs> she was, she was spelled, trapped here. So I brought her the ocean and be some symbolic bullshit. But she had said earlier in the book, we brought this ocean with us. He's like, that's a pond, lady. She's like, no, it's a fucking ocean. I'm a magic interdimensional being. And he's like, I'm, I'm seven, so I don't really get this or <laughs> foreshadowing. But it was, uh, he gets put in there, and then he, like, understands everything. You know, it's this amazing cosmic womb he's placed in, and he just understands. So he becomes a space baby. Yeah, he get yeah, it's like the end of 2001. <laughs> And and he's like, this is great. I will just stay here. But then they take him out. It's like, if you just stay there too long, you get a little pruny. You dissolve <laughs> or you, I guess, you like entropy and you just get like dispersed through the, all yeah. of. And there's never anything left of you. Not even just reality, like all reality. It's very like Buddhist sounding kind of thing. It's like, oh, you become one with with it. With all with the universes. Kind of, kind of Taoist, I guess. But yeah, you, you just you just kind of. All your atoms just fly away, and then there's never anything left of you because there's never enough of you in one spot to be you. And it's like, what? Okay, these, these birds are still hungry, by the way. And then his when he runs out to go become bird food. Yeah, because the birds still won't go away. So he goes out and sort of sacrifices himself so that all of space time isn't completely consumed by the hunger birds. But when he does, Letty says, no, no, you're not doing that. So then she runs out to protect him. And so the hunger birds attack her instead. But then finally, Grandma wakes up. Oh, she was sleeping, yeah, taking an old bitch nap. So, uh, and so the Grandma finally wakes up, and the Grandma's, like, in charge. She's like, she's like, there are treaties, there are covenants, you guys Get the fuck out because I say so, and so they do. And so all She's the hunger. Like, I will make it as if you never. It's like I won't kill you. It'll be like you never existed. Is the threat right? Like mm-hmm. I will remove you from like the the universe completely obliterated, or throw you into the heart of a dying star. So every second is a thousand years of suffering. Some pretty. You know, grandma's usually much nicer than that. It was an intense threat. <laughs> She's like, not once did she offer to make cookies or anything. And so then they fucking scram. But at this point, Letty is sort she of dead. A, she overdosed on bird attack. <laughs> <laughs> Acute onset bird yeah. got to her. She's not looking so good. <laughs> So, because she's basically dead, but not actually dead, not totally dead, but so the the grandma and the the mom, who are of course not or interdimensional beings themselves, they they put Letty in the ocean, also known as the duck pond, but they they put her body in there, and then she just sort of goes away, 
And then, so she's, she sacrificed herself to save him, but now she's gone. But because they can mess with people's heads, he immediately is like, okay, I guess I have to go home. Oh, it's too bad she's gone away to Australia. And then he goes, and then he goes back home. And then his parents are like, oh, I'm sorry your friend went away. We skipped the part where the he had hidden from Ursula Moncton at the friend's house. Was it, I don't and know they if have to like trick the parents by and they sewing cut time. time back together, yeah. cutting, and, cutting and pasting time. So they do the same thing to his parents, presumably. Like we, we've seen this already in the book, and his own mind, yeah, yeah. But now, yeah, but now it gets him too. So his memory is just kind of he gets all mementoed here, and he doesn't know what's happening anymore. And then, more or less, it either skips to an epilogue or basically just like a final chapter where it's the old, the older, the the main character again, but now he's older, and then he's like, oh, I remember all this stuff that happened. And I could not remember all of those things until just now. You know, I, I hadn't remembered any of it. And then the 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 grandma is like, "Yes, yes, that was you. That that all really happened. And you, you've come to visit here a few times. You just don't remember it. You just keep finding your way back." He has early onset Alzheimer's. <laughs> Jeez. And he was like twenty three. And says, is Ursula, is, is, um, no, is Letty back yet? And she's like, no, but she'll be back in her own time. But then when he's leaving, he sees, at some point, he sees like the two old bitches standing on the porch or something like that. And he sees, like, oh, it looks like there's two moons. But then he looks back and there's just one lady and one moon. So it's like they were all the same person. Like they're all incarnations of the same or interdimensional he's already just God. Forgetting again. It's hard. It's, it's ambiguous. It's, it's hard to tell. You're probably not allowed to know. But I mean, that, that is a, a, th- a theme, I suppose, is is memory, and that part felt very much like it by Stephen King, but just way fucking better <laughs> because, like, you know, like they're adult, the he's an adult and he doesn't remember and this crazy thing from literally his childhood. One tenth of the length of pages. Yes, but twenty tenths of the goodness of it. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Way better to read fucking that, this than it. Is that twice as twice twenty tenths? Yeah, ten tenths would be one. So it's twice as good. That's that's my rough okay. estimate right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a scientifically derived figure, but that's what I'd say. But so he's like, what does he remember? And then he's like forgetting in the middle of the conversation. So maybe like you could have like the real dark view, and that he's none of it's real, and he's just a man with dementia. <laughs> And he's just imagining things. It'd be a real downer. And that's just real. I mean, it could be both. <laughs> that's true. It doesn't have to be just one. It's probably um, not dementia, though. Hopefully, the the original draft had a scene where he's talking to the old woman, and he's like, "I've been here before." So yes, I know. He's like, "Man, if I ever start losing my memory, just kill me. I shall all kill myself." I know you told me that, <laughs> and then <laughs> that wasn't in the book. Uh, but then he leaves, and he's like, "Those are nice ladies. What was I doing here again?" And it's just over. And you're like, "Wow, that was that was fucking weird." What do you think, guys? I thought it was great. It had plenty of stuff happen, plenty of exciting things, but it's so mercifully short. <laughs> like, oh, thank God, because you know, like a lot of these fantasy things are like a thousand pages, and just. And you That's know what? Really it told well a good put. story, and I'm like, thank God he didn't feel the need to make it to make this story into 
300 pages or 400 pages that is like 130. Great. Awesome. I mean, I think Neil, I, I agree with you 100%. Neil Gaiman never tells you more than you need to know in the universe that he has. You know, like, I think he, he think he does, he's I definitely, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever read anything by Neil Gaiman that I didn't like. Can't think of anything right now, at least. He's fucking weird. Very, like, creative things. Like, yeah, we could say, like, oh, this is parts kind of like that book or like that, but we could do that for everybody. But he never beats you over the head with this shit. Like, throughout the whole book, I'm like, what the fuck are these old ladies? Like, I didn't, it's not like I figured it out in the middle, and then you get to that obligatory chapter in, like, on lots of other books where, like, and let me spell it all out for you. And like, yeah, I fucking know. I got it. I'm I was an reading. eternal, timeless being. We are from this place, and we do this, and these are what yeah, we, we are. Yeah, we are from planet Narflax, and <laughs> this is what we do. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want, I don't need that. I, I like that it's mysterious. I like that it's, um, you know, not every question gets answered. It's, it's basically a fairy tale for adults, kind of. Superfan Eli texted me, and he said, the ocean at the end of the lane is paint by numbers, Gaiman. <laughs> so I'm not sure what he means by I don't that. Know what that means either. But I've only read this American Gods and Good Omens, which was 95% Terry Pratchett. Yeah, that was definitely not. Uh, and Nicholas was, but that doesn't count. Um, but Counts I haven't, I haven't read a lot of his stuff. So this is very, 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 very similar to Coraline. That's which one, yeah. I, I've only saw I think the movie. that's what the paint by numbers comment. Yeah, means. absolutely. It's Coraline, super similar. And I haven't read Coraline in like six or seven years. Six or seven years I read it. But it's very like a kid, into like other dimension, parallel thing, and a monster that comes into this dimension. And like, that's very, very similar books. But that one was specifically made for kids. That's a chapter book. This was meant for adults. This was marketed towards adults. A lot of it is about being a kid. Yeah, but it's about being a kid from the perspective of an adult. Yeah. You know, like there's comments along the way. Like when he sees the the demon and his dad boning, he's like, I didn't understand what that was at the time. I didn't really, I didn't think but about I it. I liked it. I felt a tingling in my, my peenie and <laughs> it was very weird. We had this thing in the one line here. Is like, he, uh, I liked myths. They weren't adult stories and they weren't children's stories. They were better than that. They just were. This definitely fits into that. In a, in a sense, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's for adults, but it is not, like, a complex. Like, a kid could read this. It would be a little weird, I guess. Maybe not, like, a little kid, but... A middle, a, a middle schooler who's a big reader could definitely get... There's nothing hard about the words or the syntax. No. And, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't get bogged down with explanations. You're just supposed to just fucking accept it. This is what's happening. You don't need to get it. It doesn't matter. Which sometimes sucks. Sometimes it's like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Why this? And I, don't, I'm, I struggle to understand myself why it's good sometimes and bad sometimes. This didn't leave enough mystery. It, it, had, it left a little bit of mystery as to what, the, you know, what was going on in this universe, but not enough that you couldn't understand what was happening. And Gaiman has said that this book takes place in the same universe as some of his other books well so, this thing takes place in almost all universes simultaneously so that's but like the cheating. magic <laughs> the magic world part with like the interdimensional yeah. timeless beings yeah there are a lot of there are the, a lot of lines in the book that i stuck out to me too about the childhood adult thing hmm. 
Like there's a part where I forget what the context of this was, but when he says adults follow paths, children explore. Mm. Yeah. Talking about getting from one property to the next, you know, going from his yard to Letty's yard. So he knew, I think this is when he was running from Ursula. Ursula's going to, you know, thinking she's uh, running from his dad or something. I forget what, but like they're going to stick to the road part. I'll go through the bushes and, you know, it's very practical and plot wise, but it's just, it, it really does capture a lot of you know, like the cynical view of adulthood that adults develop when you're like, man, we're just totally lost that childhood sense of wonder and fearlessness and fun. And just like, I got rules to follow. These taxes won't file themselves. <laughs> no. So I, he, he does that well, which again, reminded me a lot of it where, and, and that they're talking about like the difference of the being kids and being grownups who participated in a sewer gangbang. No sewer gangbangs in this one. We don't know. They don't. Though I guess there's no sewer, so tartar. There's only two kids. Oh, and this is another thing. When he comes out of the bucket of ocean, <laughs> it's like, he's like, is that how you feel all the time? Like fucking knowing everything? Hmm. And she's like, no, it'd be boring to know everything. And he says, but you used to. You used to know everything. She says, everybody did. It's nothing special knowing how things work. And you really do have to give it all up if you want to play. He says, to play what? This, she said, she waved at the house and the sky and the impossible full moon and the skeins and shawls and clusters of bright stars. I wish I knew what she meant. It was as if she was talking about a dream we had shared. For a moment, it was so close in my mind that I could almost touch it. Right? Like, this idea, like, that's such a... I don't know if it's really true, like, if that's what it felt like to be a child anymore, but that's what we think it felt like to be a child, you know? To, like... There's mystery and we don't know everything, but like you get to fucking play and you get to explore and like the world is mysterious and magical and exciting. And then you become a grown up and you're like, oh, fuck, it's Tuesday. I take out the trash tonight. Like it just <laughs> becomes way less fun. <laughs> At least that's what we tell ourselves. I don't know if that's really fair. I think that's just super nostalgia, like lust to be young again, stuff that adults do. But he captures it really, really well in this. And, and, in a pithy way, right? The book's 100 and, according to Wikipedia, 178 pages. I, I doubt, I mean, that's with illustrations or something, probably. It's, it, it really cuts to these things very quickly. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, me too. But there's a, most of the books we've read, even the ones that are good lately, it's still a chore to read a little bit. It's still like, oh, I gotta, I gotta keep reading this because we have to do the podcast thing. Yeah. This one, I was like, no, I want to actually, I'm going to not do something else fun so I could read this instead. I'm not going to go watch TV or not going to go watch bullshit on my computer. I'd rather read this book. I'm really into it. I haven't felt like that about a book in a while. And mercifully short. That was probably part of I it. I can't ev- overemphasize we, we how much I appreciate that. We read a lot of shit we had to read a long time, and it was good to read one that was like, oh, one that is like just a normal book length that I can just read in a day or two. But it wasn't trash. Because like, most books no. that are short, you're like, it's mm-hmm. like a kid's book or it's just dumb. Yeah, because short stories suck. And this is like we learned that the well hard way. done, but not too long. <laughs> so it's like medium, medium well. I think I guess anybody who likes fantasy should read it for sure. If you like Neil Gaiman, you probably already did read it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think even if you don't, you should read it because it's good. And if you don't like it, you're probably just a fucking boring chud. Ursula Moncton. Like type. who? Who? I think who like wouldn't like this book? I don't know. Yeah, I I, I really can say I. I if you are a reader, for sure, I think like this would be a fun book. And I think he's just got a really great imagination in the game and just 
Like, I'm sure you could find every element of this is exists in some other fantasy book somewhere, but it just brings it together in a cool way. For sure. So everyone should read it. But if you, I don't know, what the fuck I was going to say there? I was going to try to segue to tell us what you think. Tell us what you thought. <laughs> Send us an email to junkguysbookclub at gmail.com. That gets it done. Effortless. Or follow us on Twitter at DrunkGuysBC. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Guys Book Club. And if you liked what you heard, uh, leave us a review. Just round up to five stars. Uh, or uh, head over to Patreon.com slash Drunk Guys Book Club where you can support the podcast. And you can also find us on Goodreads because it's good to read. And check out the Hopped Up <laughs> Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.